welcome to the Paint and Bright Quarterly Slush Pile. We are so glad to say hello to you and that you're joining us in order to listen in on our editorial board meeting. That's what these shows are, us talking about submissions. Um, we decided that maybe we should do this so that you guys, listeners and authors and submitters would all understand how we come to the conclusions that we come to. Um, so we are um, lucky enough that authors agree to allow us to dissect their work on air. And that's what we're about to do for you. Um, so the we right now starts with me always. Kathleen Volkmiller. Here I am in uh, Drexel's sound studio um, in Philadelphia. And it's a gorgeous fall day. And, you know, honestly, I got in my car, I started backing on the driveway. And you know what happened? What? She a ran someone perfect over. fall leaf fell on my windshield. Mm, close. Oh. And it went la, 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 boop. <laughs> And I was like, oh, because, you know, I love that Drexel doesn't start till this week because the fall equinox and then we come back. So it's sort of there's a brisk. It's 79 or something, but it's I mean, the high today. But there's a chill in the air and it feels exactly perfect. What do you think, Addison Davis, who's here in the studio with us today? Did you enjoy the briskness of this morning? I did. It was like 90 yesterday. Today's really nice. Yep. Yep. Nature did that for me. Hi, Joe Zhang. Joe Zhang is here in the studio as well. Hey. 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 What's it like in New York, Jason Schneiderman? Well, I haven't been outside yet, but inside my bathrobe and with my cup of coffee, it's quite cozy and wonderful. Oh, great. Uh, well, our weather is usually pretty, pretty similar. Not we, we had we had like tense. we had the 80 degree day yesterday as well. And I'm hoping that it's a little brisk today. Although I have to say, I've always confused the words brisk and brusque. And I just wow. I really like the idea of the day being like brusque, like the weather's just like brusque with you. But um, but it, it actually really I'm hoping windy. it's a brisk day. I don't like that idea Brushy. at all. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want any brusque days. Yikes. Um hey Marion, what's the weather like in Abu Dhabi? How's fall treating you? It's a consistent 80 degrees every day and humid. Um, and, and, you know, it's funny, like, I don't know how you all manage to go from 80 or 90 on one day down to perfect fall on the next day. It's like hot flashes are a mood swing. So it's good luck with you. But, 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 but you it's are lying that it's 80 degrees in Abu Dhabi. Yeah, it's, it's, it, it's fall here. Fall turns perfect, right? It's about 80. <laughs> all right, maybe, maybe 90. I just like looked 90. on the weather and says 104. All right, so I'm inside in the air conditioning. I'm and sweaters. All right, fine, fine. Miriam, you are a riot. It's a if, if I say it's 80, it's freaking 80. It's freaking 80. I haven't been outside all damn day. It looks like it's 80 degrees outside and it's cold inside, so there's that. Well, anyway, four out there. It's 104 right now. But it feels like a it feels like a brusque 80. Brusque 80. I think brusque 80 is my porn name. Oh my gracious. 
Wow. Well, there's no segue. There's no coming nope. back from that. And there's absolutely no segue <laughs> into nope. the fact that we have uh, generously been given permission by Blake Campbell to uh, read and dissect three poems by him. And um, I'm very excited to do that. This is always uh, the highlight of my of, of every two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I look forward to these moments. Um, who would like to read New Year? Oh, wait, wait, wait. Can I talk about fall again? There is a segue. Oh. I think because my whole life I've been connected to academia, except for a very short moment um, of my life, that for me, the new year feels like now. Like when I think in years, I don't think right. in the calendar year. I think in the academic year. Same. Yeah. Same for you, Mayor. Indeed. Indeed. There you go. So there we go. So there's our transition. First poem by Blake Campbell is New Year. I I volunteer. I volunteer um, Addison. All right. I was going to volunteer myself. All right. New Year. The right parts of the brain light up for the wrong reasons. The fat accumulates. The teeth stain. But something has decided to remain naked. It stands before you. You hate it with its winter clothes. They buttoned up or they buttoned and zippered you up in your boyhood before you knew when you felt their tightness, but scarcely understood the heavy coat, the cardigan and scarf cannot come off. It says it says it has nothing to do with you. It suffers no hope of removal, though you dream of scissors cutting clean through the cloth and the rasp of cold metal just grazing the skin when your bedroom window shakes in its frame and wakes you. In the darkness, you sit up and scratch and succeed, sometimes in shutting out the voice. So to mask the silence, there is only the terrible wind beating its terrible snow against the pain. Ooh, that's brusque. <laughs> oh no! Sorry, Blake Campbell. Blake that- Campbell, this is a this is this is an exciting and intense poem. I'm gonna mm. be like they are and dump people down and say at Marion Wren. <laughs> you got complaints. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. Okay, so this is definitely talking about New Year, Jan 1, because it's really cold. Uh, slushies allow me to remind you that you can look at this poem. This is a very traditional structure here. We've got two line stanzas. And, um, you know, it's a scratch and sniff poem. Looks like a poem, even from far away. Mm-hmm. That's what I call is, scratch is it, and sniff. Is it about the past? Is it about the past refusing to kind of be left behind? <laughs> Like, I don't really quite get what the it is, right? The, um, something has decided to remain naked. It stands before you. Is it and a, then it is, uh, is the sort of the winter clothes and the, the trap. New, I Year, New day, Year's Day. I don't, I'm really confused. New Year's Day hangover. It doesn't seem like it can, it suffers no hope. It's not something that's just going to go away if you wait it out. It's, it's no, this, it's never um, going remnant, away. Like a it's, horror movie. It's, it's, it's kind well, of, it's, uh, can't, can't that it be part of you? 
Just you, like all your, yeah. all your, all your, I hate to say, it, but like, you know, your shit just building up like the yeah. shit, the fat, the teeth stain, the, you know, the, the things you cannot get away. It suffers no hope of removal. The, it is the you, the part of you that you can't get away. You always wake up with yourself, right? No matter who you go to bed with. The Billy Joel song. Yeah. Is oh. that a Billy Joel song? Oh. Yeah. It's, it's also the theme song to Bosom Buddies, but not sung by Billy Joel. I think it was a phrase before Billy Joel, Jason. Oh, uh, well, yeah. I mean. Yeah. Please. I, don't don't make me be quoting Billy Joel for fuck's sake. <laughs> I want to say how much I love the line breaks in the first stanza, right? Mm-hmm. So the right parts of the brain light up line break for the wrong reasons. is lovely. The fat stanza break accumulates the teeth stain. And then here, the, this is the part that actually starts the puzzle for me, right? But right. something has decided to remain, but fat and t- stained teeth have also remained, right? So it's, a, it's like, and something else has decided to remain, but right. for some reason there's a but there. So naked, it, this thing stands before you and you hate it with its winter clothes. They buttoned and zippered you up in, in your boyhood before you knew. And I think that's the part where it's like, is this slipping into reverie now? Like, does it go from the moment in the present to the sort of like, like, like a Proustian slip into the past. Right. And then, but, but then I can't necessarily track that. Because the metaphor is really this this personification of the it as what as the clothes, right? Like there's you, you can't get this thing off of you. This I don't know, this like appendage or well, the it was also thing. naked That's a minute true. ago. Uh, yeah, right. Well, and then it, it it it's naked, but it brings winter clothes. Is it just naked? The winter it's time? for you with its winter clothes. They buttoned yeah, and zippered you. you up in your boyhood. I'm right. So I'm taking the title of New Year and bringing that into the winter and thinking yeah. about how like a new year, new you type of thing. But New Year's happens happen in the middle of winter, in the yeah. middle of a season and the most miserable one at that. Sure. So there's nothing new about it. You're just like in the middle of, mm-hmm. of misery and yeah. the right parts of the brain light up like you're thinking, oh, it's we're we're going to start anew for the wrong reasons because the fat's accumulating, your teeth are staining and it's still ice cold outside. Right. Yeah. It's an artificial new year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 And the, so, so the, the, it's boyhood. It's, it's this kind of miserable past that can't be gotten out of that continues to like overheat and oppress and itch and irritate. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I detect a, yeah. a self-loathing. The it might just be you looking in the mirror. Maybe so. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe yeah. maybe it's Billy Joel. <laughs> I, I apologize for saying that I hate Billy Joel. I did not mean that. Oh no. Uh, to, there are many songs that I do like. There are many songs that I don't. We're starting a beef now. Slush pile. Okay, no, I also said, I don't dare that. say that I'm quoting Billy Joel. So I, I did mean that. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I mean, is it okay if I just say it's general ennui, general baggage that you can't, you can't get away from? 
I, I, I don't, I mean, yes, but I feel like there's this specificity to the metaphor that's so powerful. That's really undercut by the lack of specificity as to what the tenor is. Like the vehicle is so powerful. I mean, the clothing, like, you know, is, is such a, um, powerful image and you have such a sense of kind of being enclosed and entrapped and uncomfortable, but then without kind of, it, it doesn't sort of make clear what it is that's being made visible. It's very familiar feeling for everybody, like on their worst day, you know, like when you have like an anxiety day, it, you know, I think it's pretty wonderful and terrible because, you know, nobody likes to remember that feeling, but you know, we all have it. Mm -hmm. And boyhood kind of takes a really hard hit there. Like the way that it's kind of at the end of this really long line, um, at the end of that stanza break. And then I, I wanted it back. Like, I just feel like the metaphor takes over. Um, and I'm so deep in the metaphor. Like I sort of, and, and I've, and you know, there are definitely poems that do that where you kind of like get lost in, um, the metaphor and then you sort of just forget what the metaphor is about, or like you get lost in the vehicle and you can't get back to the tenor. And sometimes that could be like a really, um, powerful move. But in this one, I really, I just want to know what, it's about like, I feel kind of withheld in this interesting way at the same time that I'm like totally fascinated and really moved by the clothing, the winter clothes. And I'm also, I love that ending. That ending is gorgeous. Oh my God. Gorgeous. gorgeous. Yeah. It's haunting. To mask the silence. There is only the terrible wind beating its terrible snow against the pain. So brusque. (laughs) And And it's shutting out the voice, right? I mean, like, it, it's yeah. I mean, there. It's so contradict. It's so self consciously contradictory. Yeah. Yeah. I I am not bugged by not knowing a specificity. Okay. I think that that you can't name it either. You know. I think that's why I use the word ennui. It's just that general, yeah. general like. <laughs> dissatisfaction discomfort i think the boyhood is in there because you know little kids can also just have a general dissatisfaction what am i going to do or you know a hopelessness maybe and you know and i think i think that's why the boyhood it's always been there that that yuck feeling that can hit you hopefully you don't stay there but wait, 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 this guy does though, right? So you get hit with that yuck feeling and then, but then something else is going on. So they, they button, button and zip you up into this, like these tight clothes, right? Before you knew stands a break. And then as the reader, you're like, knew what exactly? When you felt their tightness, but scarcely understood, full stop. Understood what exactly, I think right? the same so exact. This- I think the same thing that what is it that's wrong? Something's wrong. What is it? Why am I not satisfied? Why am I unhappy? And so this, yeah, I'm sorry to cut back in, but it's like, and then this devastating line, it says it has nothing to do with you. It suffers no hope of removal. Like that sounds like a a fantastic definition of depression, right? You can't, you cannot get out of that. That is, it is you and it has nothing to do with you. Like, and it is claustrophobic. Sure. Right. And then the dream is of escape and the, and like the the liberation of the escape is also the sound or the the rasp of cold metal, just grazing the skin. Right. So like even the liberation from whatever this crush is, is also brutal. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Hmm. 
Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I, I really, I really um, agree with Addison's read. Uh, New year, the right parts of the brain light up. Like you're logically trying to talk yourself out of this and you mm-hmm. just can't. Right. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful bummer. <laughs> no, it's true. Yeah, I agree. Great phrase. Yeah. Do you want to vote? I mean, we have a number of other poems to get to. Yes, we do. We have two others. Um, I think we could. Um, I, I know. I know how I feel. <laughs> Shall we? Okay. You two. You two are going to text to uh, Joe. Yep. And, and we're going to vote right here, right now. One, two, three. We have flipped thumbs in the studio and we wait a unanimous yes. So interesting. (laughs) Thank you, Lake Campbell. All right. Mm -hmm. New year. One and done. Okay. Now we have chicken hop. This is two pages, you guys. So notice, right? It keeps on going. And this is a skinnier one, uh, but also to dish. And it's uh, five line stanzas the whole way through. Um, you want to do this one, Jason? Sure. Chicken Hawk. In this season of rainbows at my usual perch over the pool table, I leer at the lovely young, the bears and the bros in their jerseys and baseball caps, the twinks with tattoos in Hebrew or Tengwar and violet drinks at the slick otters, but the loveliest never look back. I seek instead the touch of the subdued, the merely cute, the just too plump to be pounced on by their peers, those seeking for comfort, a body of whatever beauty or some of my money. Is it cruel to imagine I share their youth? I gave mine to marriage, diverting desire for decades, knowing too well the cost of fulfillment. Why must it come incomplete? and with such casualties. The wife I haven't yet divorced, the son out west, I have not entered another life. I sit with a stiff at its outskirts, tasting requital like a word I almost can recall, but can't. Mechanical fireflies flicker, cover the walls, and tonight desire seeps out of everything over bare torsos, into crevices, over the blue-lit boyish faces lost in their phones, finding each other. It leaks from tequila in test tubes, protruding from Speedos, and mixes itself into whiskey, but it does not concentrate or solidify. It does not freeze into facets to catch the light. But desire will follow these beauties before me down to the beach tomorrow when They are called like sacrifices to the annual pageantry and the North Atlantic licks at their six packs. I can only stand on the shore and grin as the sea in me heaves its lobster traps out of the depths and strands them on the sand as barnacles of age affix themselves and fan their feathery legs into the surge. Children who might have been mine, you are loved though you do not return my gaze as if you had something to fear as if I were only two eyes that converge in the V of the groin, the advancing vulture. 
Thank you. Well read. Thanks. Thank you. So I had to look up Tenguar and it, it took me a minute to realize what the language actually comes from. Um, and is it Tolkien? I already forget. I looked it up this morning and I can't remember. Oh. I think it's, I think it's Tolkien. Tolkien. I think it like it's a runish. Um, yeah. It's like. an invented language. Yeah. I think that's great. In Hebrew or Tenguar. Um, yeah. I love where this goes you know when you look at a poem like this you're almost intimidated two full pages five stanza eight lines um by the time we're out on the beach my gosh they are called like sacrifices to the annual pageantry and the north atlantic licks at their six packs that all of that those last three four stanzas i was like holy smokes I love that we start in the club and end at the beach looking out. But it, it, it goes back to this sort of like um, self-loathing too, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, right. So this, this thwarted desire, this sort of um, sense of claustrophobia uh, and yet, right, um, impulse to to, you know, become, right? And then that sort of like the, the gaze back on the speaker as if he's perceived as this advancing advancing vulture, right? Sure. It's just a, it's a fascinating movement, right? Of looking outward, looking inward, and then imagining how he's being seen the whole way through. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the, the ch- chicken hawk is mm-hmm. a, a predatory term. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, a chicken hawk among the gays um, means someone who's really into very young guys, like a right. sort of jailbait. Um, right. You know, I mean, the, the Nambla documentary is called uh, Chicken Hawk. Sure. Mm-hmm. So, so there's something, I mean, for me, there was something really... Um, like I couldn't, I, I wasn't sure how much the title meant to um, interrupt my empathy for this person. Cause I mean, it, it's very easy to read the poem as kind of a sad old man who's, you know, right. sort of death in Venice, you know, <laughs> watching of the beautiful young boys is kind of all that's left um, unless he's going to pay for it or find someone. I mean, you know, cause a lot of the, a lot, I'm really interested in the sort of the predatory in the in the very beginning, right? Um, the merely cute, the just too plump to be pounced on, you know, kind of picking off the ugly ones or the awkward ones or the ones will be available because they have their own um, issues. Well, I, I thought I thought it was simpler than that. He says the loveliest never look back. So he seeks instead those he can get merely cute, just too plump, right? Those seeking for comfort, a body of whatever beauty or some of my money. It seems, I felt like the narrative here was really clear. Yeah, but I think I think that's also Jason's point, too, that like you can see this person sort of like gazing and then deciding who, you know, might be an apt partner, so to speak. Right. But I think that chicken hawk. It's underaged. 
Right. Like it's, it's actually like, um, like announcing in the title, the predatory nature of this, but by stanza three, you're like, Oh, this poor guy. I hope he, he (laughs) which is like weird, right? Like for the title to be asking you to, to think of it in a sort of, you know, deviant. Well, I mean, these guys aren't underage. They're at a club. Right. He's he's at a club. Right. There, there, I mean, for me, there's a tension in the title because the title seems to be the title is specifically about, you know, liking underage guys. And it, it can't the guys ever in the film are not underage. Right. Right. But I mean, it, I think Marion, I don't know if I would have gone as far as Marion did with self-loathing, but the chicken hawk and the vulture are the same mm-hmm. self-deprecating words. I think yeah. he's exaggerating chicken hawk. Right. Yeah. He's not really a chicken hawk, but he feels like it. Because, I mean, and he lived his life, right. he lived his life in a marriage. Mm-hmm. Right? Diverting desire for decades. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, in a, tra- a hetero marriage, right? He lived his yes. life. So, um, yep. I think he just, yeah, he's, he, he's, I think chicken hawk is self-deprecating, not literal. Mm-hmm. As is vulture. Okay. Thing. There's so many good lines. I, I sit with a stiff at its outskirts, tasting requital like a word I almost can recall, but can't. Mm-hmm. Addison, where are you? I am... I've been wondering, is otter a euphemism? Oh, an otter an otter is a slim bear. Oh. <laughs> Damn. Yep. I thought it was literal otters and I was just thinking about otters for like five minutes. <laughs> uh, no, it's it's a slim bear. And also like it, I mean it has it's it's interesting because I mean the the slang, like chicken hawk is much older slang, but like bears only really became a thing about like 10 years ago. Um, I mean, in a lot of ways, like the gay slang kind of keeps it in a very kind of like contemporary moment. At uh, Collingswood had this really lovely gay pride event. Marion, Mm -hmm. you were there. Yes, indeed. And um, uh, Mike, the owner of Grove Ground, somebody stole his bear flag, an assemblyman, as a matter of fact, (laughs) and was running around waving it. And we were all quite sure he wasn't (laughs) He didn't know exactly what it was. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and, uh, wow. Mike was I saying that he wanted to like make up, make like a postcard for um, educational purposes of all the words that are used. You know. Right. Right. <clears throat> yeah, I think it's very well uh, pictured and like mm-hmm. flows. Like it do- doesn't feel like it's two pages. I mean, it is yeah. short yeah. on the lines, but. but. Nonetheless, yeah, I really liked it and painted a great picture. The phrase, the phrasing is gorgeous. I'm not a hundred percent on board with a lot of the choices about line breaks, mm-hmm. um, and some of the stanza transitions were like a little. They were so enjammed, it almost felt like they weren't there. Um, but I, I think, in terms of the persona, it's very strong. Although I also, I, well. What? Do any of you listen to I, the Orville Peck? What? Orville no. Peck? Who's that? 
It sounds uh, familiar. It is uh, basically gay Johnny Cash for 2019. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Someone told me about him. He's wonderful. Oh, yeah, he's playing in Philly in a couple of weeks. Uh, probably New York, too. So, but He wears, like, a tail. Yeah, he, it's kind of sexy, he wears, yeah. Yeah, he wears a mask and has, like, 40 abs. But um, uh, this just literally sounds like one of his songs. It's... Yeah. It's, Is that a yeah. good thing or a bad thing? Very good thing. That's a good thing. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I often have an aversion to sort of strands of self-pity within queer um, discourse. Mm. And so there's always something like a little bit like... I often I, I think this isn't a po- this isn't a poem question. This is like a Jason question where I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake, like just go pick someone up. Um, <laughs> fine. So I think, but I think that's me. Like I just often have like a sort of um, frustration with. I, I just feel like certain versions of a queer sorrow turn into a kind of kitsch version of like a sort of Velchmerz, but. But I, I mean, I, I'm, I don't love the advancing vulture as the end, right. um, as if you have something to fear as if I were only two eyes that converge in the V of the groin. Um, but I, I do think the the personality is really well structured. And, and with Kathy kind of explaining chicken hawk as a self-deprecating term rather than actually talking about pursuing yeah. underage dudes. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. So I, I, that it's okay. You, you both just like helped me articulate why I love, I actually do love this poem an awful lot. Right. And it goes to the first line too, in the season of rainbows, um, sort of sets, sets the deprecation against a, a current moment of like complete, like acceptance of, you know, identity. Right. So that it, it makes this conflicted, um, voice uh i don't know feel really weird weirdly like archaic and precious you know what i mean i don't mean precious in a bad way but like like remembering this right for for people of a certain age who were not easily out right um and and what the costs are and were in that transition like that so for that for that it feels really sort of important and plus also and this is really simple on my part i love poems about bars like this mm-hmm. like the way the bar is emerges as a space the way the club sort of emerges as a space in which this is happening and it 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 does remind me of um oh god what's terence hayes's poem at uh at pegasus i think the um that the poem in which you know he's he's in a in a in a on a dance floor in a gay bar right sort of um moving imagistically and also across time thinking about his own desires and connections with men right um but there's no self-deprecation in that poem what chick what chicken hawk does is give you a sense of that self-deprecation but it doesn't feel um overly drawn so yes indeed chicken hawk Uh, yeah yeah i mean i think addison you both said it like boy am i in this club right am i in this club and that's why i kind of love and you know that's dark and insular and then i love that we end up at the beach you know and looking out into the ocean and the sea inside me as the sea in me heaves its lobster traps out of the depths and strands them on the sand as barnacles of age affix themselves and fan their feathery legs into the surge. Damn, Blake Campbell. 
the heart heaves its lobster traps is interesting mm-hmm. as That's all get out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, shall we? Mm. Yes. Yes. Ready? Let's go. Let's do it. One, two, three, vote. And I don't think there was much dramatic tension. It's unanimous. Yes. All right, Blake Campbell, two and two. And now we are with Dead Moonlight. Marion, you feel you feel very uh, strong today. I feel, I feel stable. I feel, feel stable. Like, I don't think you'll be I, I, raptured. Do you want to do this my, one? From my, my precarity. Yes, please. Ready? Dead Moonlight. We cannot yet make out what the fractured moon light tells us. Does it indicate an end or a beginning, casting its usual sheen there across the ripples? At sea, we still cleave to halcyon days as they threaten to fade and the storm wind plays with your shock of blonde hair, one cloudless afternoon turned almost white. We bail the water out. We fight. The light remains and quavers, even as the pulse of its parent diminishes with distance and the waves race to separate what is into what was and what will be. Thank you. That's very well read. Wow. Okay. This one is my favorite, actually. Yeah? Yeah. Why? Because it, it it just sort of leans into the impressionism without kind of making me feel like there's a narrative that I need. Mm. Um, like for this, for me, the image, the image system in this one kind of, I, I'm willing to let it wash over me. And I don't feel like there are signals to tell me that I, I need to kind of understand this on a different or literal level. And I just, I love Dead Moonlight. Like that to me is a really interesting, surprising um, phrase. And then... The rest of it sort of just seems to kind of um, flow. Jason, may I ask you something? Yeah. Uh-huh. On what level do you do you understand it or enjoy it? You know, on what level are you getting something? Uh, on, a, on a totally abstract level. Uh huh. Um, I'm just sort of enjoying the images of the moon, mm. and I, I mean, I know there's the the your shock of blonde hair and. Um, you know, things like that. We fight, but I just, I just have this, um, the moonlight just kind of like plays really nicely throughout the poem. I was, I was just totally fine with moonlight in this one. I just wanted moonlight. (laughs) Um, okay. I'll be, I'll be contentious. This is my least favorite. You started by saying it's your favorite. It's my least favorite. I feel like it went, it went through me in a way where it's gone now. Like I've got nothing. Um, you know what I mean? I I don't. Nothing lingers or makes me want to linger. I love that title, but other than that, it's amorphous to me. The exact thing you're talking about is what makes me not dig it. Hmm. Addison, Marion, Joe. I looked at you with shock when Jason said it was his favorite. And I think we both had the same feeling there. Um, yeah, I, it kind of, it doesn't bring me anywhere. Uh, yeah. Okay. Mayor. So I, I love um, Jason 
Jason's reading of it, right? So I think at first I was like, like pushed out of it because of the st- the the line break in the first stanza, right? So slushies take a look, right? Mm-hmm. It says we cannot yet make out line break what the fractured moon long dash light tells us, right? So it's not a hyphen. It's like a, what I think is a long dash at the end of the line. Does it indicate an end stanza break or a beginning? Right. Um, and I get, it it was, it was challenging to read it. And then I, and then I don't know what the, what the, like what the, what, what's going on there. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? And then when Jason said, what, what moves you, right. Is the way that it moves through you. Um, I, Right. And that the image system actually works. I'm like, well, back up a minute. Cause they just fractured the moonlight. Right. Like mm-hmm. that's what that did. Right. So that, so then suddenly this whole thing is sort of like quavering with images of like light in, in fractures, light in shards. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't really understand the, the bailing of the water and the fighting, but what I do actually weirdly like is the, uh, and that, but I don't understand it. The shock of blonde hair, one cloudless afternoon turned almost white totally reminds me of a poem that we published about a bazillion years ago by Reginald Shepard. And it's mm-hmm. called white sail. Um, it's like the semiotic play of like a white sail against a white sky against a white sea, as if it's like describing invisibility, but this like layered invisibility. And for me, like that shepherd poem is like baller. This is, is beautiful, but it's like, like momentary and fleeting and, 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 you know, I think Jason's helping me understand that that might be enough. Right. So I don't know. I'm, a, I'm, I'm pretty ambivalent about dead movement, dead moonlight. Hmm. I'm coming around hmm. to it on a second personal reading. Um, I'm like, I'm seeing the end of a relationship. Um, and I like all the imagery about it now. Um, at sea, we still cleave to the halcyon days as they threaten to fade and the storm wind plays. Um, your shock of blonde hair turned almost white. That's like aging. We bail the water out. We fight. The light remains and quavers, but its parent diminishes. Like the burning of an early relationship is gone towards mm-hmm. the end, but you can mm-hmm. still see some of it. You still fight for some of it. You still fight about other things. And you're going towards morning. That's what the distant, that's what the diminishing source of the moonlight is. You're going towards day, which is a new thing. Sure. Separating what was and what will be. And Mm -hmm. so I really like that reading. (laughs) Uh, Are you, is everybody really okay with those last lines? Mm -hmm. Separate what is into what was and what will be. Little cliche. Well, what? (laughs) Come on. I I do feel brave talking like this because listeners will know that I'm usually very generous and I'm not. I am not. Hands crossed against your chest. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Body language over here. I have my arms across my chest, ladies and gentlemen. You have your arms crossed? I do. I do. And we know that is not KVM. Wow. Um, Into what was and what will be. It's like a little as, as, as my last lines. What after the brilliance you gave us earlier, Blake? <laughs> after terrible wind against terrible snow against the big thing, <laughs> and now now you give me what was and what will be. It, it's not that bad. Oh, it's bad to me. It is bad to me. Um, oh, what about the removal of the last three lines? Right. 
As the pulse of its parent diminishes with distance, even that would be better. But guys, at sea, we still cleave to hal- halcyon days. Halcyon, halcyon days. Yeah, yeah. At sea, yeah. we still cleave to halcyon days. That's also, I'm sorry. It's a little trite. At sea, <laughs> we cleave to halcyon days. Are you doing your like Yates impression? Yeah, now my arms are see, out. We still cleave now, to the halcyon days. Like alas, poor Yorick. My arms, my hands are out. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think I think that pulls out the the rhythm. I mean, what Yates is doing when he reads like that is he's making sure that you hear the meter um, almost more than you hear the syntax. So when you do that, it's like it, it actually has a really nice rhythm. Let's see, we still cleave to halcyon days. Maybe there's a humor to this that we're not. <laughs> Maybe, maybe. Okay, so the a lot of a lot of what um, I'm sorry, uh, Blake Campbell. There's a lot of like, like toss to like the banality of all of this, like sort of making fun of the banality of relationships yeah. and oh. and you know old old sad gay man lifestyle type of things. So I don't know. Perhaps this is like, oh, what was me? My relationship's over. Blah blah blah. Uh, or is that yeah, is that too cynical? Well, this but is, I mean that's, that's the thing. I I, do, I think it resists narrative. I think if you try to put right. narrative yeah, in there, right. it just it just falls apart. Right. And that's I'm, kind of why I like this. I'm reading of all. Th- I'm reading all three of them a little bit too oh. specifically. Yeah, Jason, I'm but gonna I, I'm gonna disagree again, Jason. The narrative is really clear. <laughs> the narrative is really clear. It's a, re- a tumultuous relationship. It's a relationship that's ending. Period. Okay. They are at okay. sea. They are at sea, right? If you convince me that being at if you if you convince me that this is comparing a relationship ending to a boat going down at night, then you'll that is you'll absolutely one hundred percent that what it is. We bail the water out. <laughs> <laughs> it's clear. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> Wait, so can I, so would Jason help, like, okay, could I just point this out, right? There is something really funny about this. We cannot yet make out, based on the poem about, like, you know, not figuring out human connection, that's a funny first line. But then you realize it's not about making out, right? We cannot yet make out what the fractured moonlight tells us. Does it indicate an end, stands a break, or a beginning, right? So there's the first splitting. That's the first, well, after moonlight is fractured, there's a first splitting. So at, at sea, we still cleave. Cleave means both stick together and split apart, and then you get the stands of break again, right? And so you get this, like, splitting, fragmenting, splitting, fragmenting, in this this kind of, like, um, I don't know, spry kind of way that that carries the poem along in these, in these ripples and these waves. And what I don't like, right. Is thinking about it as a, the, the sinking ship of a relationship. I know, right. Like once, once you see it that way, you're like, Oh, I can't, I can't. There is no other way to see it. We bail the water out. The (laughs) waves race to separate what is into what was and what will be. Um, right. Does it indicate an end or a beginning? Hello. Um, right? Yes. All right. Fine. Interesting. I'm back. I'm back. I am a I'm away from the mic now. I'm I'm rolling back. <laughs> no, this is this is wonderful. I'm so excited. <laughs> I rolled back in. I got the arms folded again. Can you hear me? 
Should we, should we? Do you want to keep talking, or should we vote? Uh, I just want to hear. I just want to hear Kathy keep yelling at you, Jason. I, no, I, I'm you loving know, it. Tim's like, not here, more. Jason. That must be what it is. Usually, I fight with Tim. <laughs> Without Tim, our aggression has to find a new target. It sounds like Kathy hates Catcher in the Rye too. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Oh. Does Tim hate Catcher in the Rye? No, I'm just saying uh, all of these poems have a weird Holden call feel. Oh, but I love the other two. No, I do too. Yeah, I love the other two. I was all thumbs up. So that's why I don't feel that bad. Say, I'm just calling this what it is. It's so, a poem so, about uh, a, a like likening. So it sounds like you're going to say yes to this. <laughs> Marion, Marion, on the very yeah. last poem, you said, I love this poem before the vote. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think what I did was scream, yes. <laughs> Shall we vote? Shall we? There's a little, there's dramatic tension this time because KVM has been the only one so vocally saying it's, it's a little problematic. A little problematic, shall we? One, shall. two, three, vote. All right, it is not in. So, uh, listen, like Campbell will have to tell us if he, um, if he, it was meant to be like tongue and cheeky in any way. We'll have to hear from him about that. But we've got um, New Year and Chicken Hawk, and I am so so happy to have those poems. I can't yeah. I can't wait to see them and and point to them and and uh, thank you so much uh, for this work and thank you um, all of you guys for letting me go off on a tangent there and fight with you, Jason. <laughs> Of course, no. Normally, we only fight about. There's other things we fight about. I don't want to get off on a tangent now, but what else do we fight about? Well, we fight a lot about the fact that I've told you that we only, only about forty percent of what we go through in a day is real. Oh, right. Sorry. Yeah, there's yeah, 60% that's... we're making up as we go along because of previous yeah. perceptions. And you hate it when I remind you of that. Oh, but... I, I, I don't think I hate it when you remind me that I think I disagree with the way that that statement structures reality. Fat. <laughs> science. Science. Uh, that's not science. Because, because by that oh, up, up, here he goes. 60% of all science isn't real. Science, 60% of science isn't real. The other day I was, I was tan. I'm still, I'm still a little tan for me, but I was really tan earlier. And this woman went, oh my God, this is on campus, right? She went, oh my God, you're so tan. And she looked at me like it was a problem, like completely horrified that I was tan. It wasn't like nice. Like she was looking at me like, do you know that that's actually not good for you? Right. Without saying it. Right, right. <laughs> I just looked at her and went, that is that is a surefire way of accusing someone of slacking here. Right. There was something. Yeah. There was not in your fucking office all the time. Like, <laughs> stop going to the beach. Right. You know? Right. She definitely <laughs> looked at it. Was, there was a lot of uh, maliciousness in your tent. Yeah. And I yeah. just looked at her full on dead stop expressionless face. And I went, fuck science. <laughs> <laughs> And I just kept walking, got on the elevator. It was perfect. No segue, just fuck science. I just said fuck science. (laughs) Episode title. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, goodness. Anybody have anything they want to share? Anything awesome happening in your lives? Are you reading anything? Um, I'm very close to having a book cover for, uh, for Hold Me Tight, which is coming out in May of 2020. And the cover art that I'm thinking about using is um, Artemisia Gentileschi's Judith Beheading Holofernes. So. Oh, awesome. Be a, a gory, classical, um, violent, feminist cover. Fantastic. Thanks. Awesome. Can awesome. I read you a poem? Yeah. Are you serious? I'm this, serious. This well, is a I, literary I, podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so I was I was thinking a lot about the reference I made to the Terrence Hayes. And um, uh, so here's at Pegasus. And you probably know it, but it's just so lovely to, to have this poem in your head, right? Um, at Pegasus. They are like those crazy women who tore Orpheus when he refused to sing. These men grinding in the strobe and black lights of Pegasus, all shadow and sound. I'm just here for the music. I tell the man who asks me to the floor, but I have held a boy on my back before. Curtis and I used to leap barefoot into the Creek, dance among maggots and piss, beer bottles and tadpoles slippery as sperm. We used to pull off our shirts and slap music into our skin. He wouldn't know me now at the edge of these lovers, gyre, glitter and steam fire bodies blurred sexless by the music's spinning light. A young man slips his thumb into the mouth of an old one, and I am not that far away. The whole scene raw and delicate as Curtis's foot gashed on a sunken bottle shard. They press hip to hip, each breathless as a boy carrying a friend on his back, the foot swelling green as the sewage in that creek. We never went back, but I remember his weight better than I remember my first kiss. These men know something I used to know. How could I not find them beautiful the way they dive and spill into each other? Lovely. Thank you for sharing that. Terrence Hayes. Yay, Terrence Hayes. Yeah, yeah, I love what he did there. You know, the parallels between the, the yeah. that creek and the nightclub. That was really amazing. Yeah. Amazing uh, braiding there of those two. Those yeah. Two descriptives yay yay poetry all right all right well on that note uh slushies please tell us how we're doing thank you again blake campbell and um thank you everyone for being here today you guys stay a second